Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless.
thankful for this church very thankful for the prayer warriors we have I thank you for the welcoming spirit we have I thank you for the kindness in this church I thank you that it's a place we can call home for my family amen praise God let's sing Jesus oh Jesus Pretty simple chorus, isn't it? So powerful. Let's just let's praise him one more time here, could we? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. You are so good, God. You are so good, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, worship team. Amen. That is the name. That is a name that you can always count on. Always. Always. Have you ever tried to call your mom or your dad and you couldn't get through to them? Called your kids, weren't able to get through to them. Called your boss, whoever. Called your pastor. He would, Just kidding, right? But you can always, you can 
always count on. That when you call on the name of Jesus, he's going to listen to you. No matter how quiet you talk, no matter how loud you get, he might ask you to calm down a little bit, but he's going to listen to you. Amen. No matter what state of mind you're in, he's going to listen to you. Amen. Praise God. We're so glad you are here today, and please do remember to pray for one another. There apparently is some kind of a bug flying around again, so if you see it, squash it, okay? All right, we're going to call your attention today to the book of First Chronicles chapter number 4, verse number 10. One verse. Amen. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Amen. Something I want to point out before we get going here, and, and I found it just absolutely extraordinary. As we go through this, you're going to find that Jabez called on the God of Israel saying, comma, oh, that you would bless me indeed, comma, he's not done yet, and enlarge my territory, comma, he's not done yet, that your hand would be with me, Comma, he ain't done yet. And that you would keep me from evil, comma. That I may not cause pain, exclamation point. This man was making a point, you might say. And God granted him what he requested, period. I'd like to talk to you this morning, if they would turn those track lights down, please. Amen. It's 4th and 10. You'll get it here in a minute. 4th and 10. Amen. I would uh, ask you if you would lift your heart to the Lord one more time here. Amen. And uh, it, it seems kind of sedated out there today, okay? I'm just saying. Not trying to put anybody down. It just seems a little bit sedated. And uh, no matter what. You know, you're here, Amen. right? So if we show up, we might as well act like that we are Pentecostal and that we love God and that we believe we might as well. We showed up, we dress, we dress for the occasion, right? We might as well just go ahead and act like we're, you know, like we're happy to be here. We might as well act like it's Super Sunday for us. Amen. Praise God. So if you would, if you'd lift your heart, and uh, I hope Brother McCune doesn't mind me always asking him to lead us in prayer here, but if he would be so kind to do that, amen. And uh, let's, uh, let's go into the word of the Lord here today. Hallelujah. Father, you would anoint it mightily to our 
Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. How many of you know by heart John 3.16? Well, a couple. That's a start. Maybe you just didn't hear. How many of you know by heart John 3.16? All right. Still not very many. Okay. Here's a, here's a curveball, okay? How many of you know Acts 2.38? All right, well, there's a few more. <laughs> All right. So we just call this Super Sunday, right? And because you deserve the very best, I'm going to share with you a fourth down and ten play that comes with 100% guarantee. Fourth and ten. You're down. It's fourth and ten. What will be the play you call on in this situation? A fourth and ten brings about an urgency and a boldness to the present situation. Nothing to lose, everything to gain. Because without a sense of urgency, people won't put forth the extra effort. And I know we're, it's kind of an analogy here that we'll be using a little bit, making reference to football, but I'm telling you that depending on the situation, all right, that team is going to act differently if they're in a big game when it's second and five versus fourth and ten. There's an author by the name of James Clear that he writes this. He says, when our environment changes, so do the qualities of our success. And my thought this morning, my message is not about winning. It's about moving forward when you are in a difficult situation. It's a story of one man's success story in his effort to break out of the boundaries and limitations that life had dealt him. Tim Enoch, a professional trainer, writes in his book, Every day is game day. How many of you believe that? Every day is game day. He writes this, he says, The lights are on, the camera is rolling, the scoreboard is set, Expectations are high because it's game day. The difference between mediocrity and championship. Living is entirely up to you. Stop practicing at life. The clock is already running. The story of Jabez is a testimony to all of us that find ourselves in a painful situation brought on by just plain life. Pain. Pain. How many of you wake up with pain every once in a while? If you got kids, you wake up with pain. But as we mature in age, I have found that, you know, every once in a while that 
I'll get a, a joint that, you know, kind of aches a little bit. Yeah. We all have. But then, how many of sometimes you have emotional pain? How many of you have heart pain? I'm not talking about a physical heartache. Broken. Broken. Those times when we feel like it's fourth down and ten and we are losing the battle. That's what this is about. Out of about 600 names written in First Chronicles, only one gets special recognition, Jabez. You can follow it. It's been said that all men have a desire to be known for something and they want to be great at something, I hope we never lose that. It's not wrong to want to be great at something as long as it's the something that is godly. It at least ties you in with God's vision. You believe that? Said. Ben said, all men have a desire to be known for something. They want to be great at something, yet few men ever achieve that desire. When they do, their life stories are told in their biographies. The longest biography ever written is 16 volumes long. It took 29 years to write with a total word count of 10 million words. However, a March 2022 article states that in a recent poll of British teenagers, it was reported approximately one quarter of them believe Sir Winston Churchill to be a fictional character. Wow. I wonder how many have taken the time to read his biography. Not me. I've read the short stories of it. And yet our attention today is focused on one man's short biography condensed into a single paragraph totaling 50 words. That's what you will find on Jabez. A story that has been repeated millions upon millions of times over a 2,400-year period of time. I say, wow. There are two short biographies found in the Bible that inspire me every time I read them. One is Jabez. Listen again. Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying... Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, that your hand would be with me, that you would keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested, 50 words. The other is a, a good friend of mine I call Enoch. The Bible calls him that, actually found in Genesis 5, 24. And all the days of Enoch 
were 365 years, and Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him 43 words in that man's biography. Are you with me? What are these two men noted for? Their walk with God and their prayer life. I don't know about you, but I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm pumped a little bit just reading about that. See, life was never meant to be so complicated. I can almost guarantee you, in fact, I will guarantee you, that the two basic elements that are all important in your life, no matter how much money you got, thank you for that good lesson this morning, Brother Kelly, no matter how much fame and fortune you are, it's going to come down to your prayer life, which, in, which intertwines with your walk with God. Can I get an amen, amen. Brother McCune? Thank you very much. Could we say that these two men had a desire to be great at something? I want to be... Oh man. If there's anything that I would want you to be great in, I want you to be great in your walk with God. I want you to be great in your prayer life. You know why? Because that will change your world, and that will change this world, and that will change your... Your family's world. The difference in these two men not only had the desire, not only did they just have the desire, but they achieved it. And they leave us a legacy of greatness. So simple and yet so profound. Your prayer life and your walk with God. I hope you're, are you on board yet? Do you believe that's important? Amen. Amen. And we know that I, I read and watched a, a little bit about the, the coming game, part of Super Bowl week. They, they've had the NFL Hall of Fame. And I thought, well, I wonder, I, I've been to Canton, Ohio, went through the, the NFL Hall of Fame. And I thought, well, I wonder what, what is a percentage of making it to the Hall of Fame? You know what it is? 0.35% of all football players make it in there. You want to know what your chances are of making it to a place called heaven? If you walk with God? You want to know what your chances are of making it to an eternal place where there is no death, hell, where there is no pain, sub? You want to know what your chances are? They are 100%. If you will walk with God and if you will give Him your all, it is a guarantee. Today's Super Bowl will make football history in a couple of areas, of course. First time in Super Bowl history, starting quarterbacks are black, they tell me. It will be the first time two brothers will com be competing against each other. And while there will be good plays and bad plays, it will all come down to one last play, 
and quite possibly the game will be on the line with a fourth and ten. Do you think that they will be just a little bit more energized if it does come down to that? There will be no, there will be no, nothing left out. It'll all be on the table. Bible scholars believe Jabez lived during the time of Judges, which would mean he being a part of the tribe of Judah should have property rights in the promised land. Aren't you, aren't you thankful to have an inheritance in the promised land? I'm living in the promised land. However, a story is being written by the author of Chronicles during the return of Israel from exile. And even though they had rebuilt the temple, they had completed the walls of Jerusalem, but they were only a glimmer of their former glory under their time of King Solomon. They had been robbed of their wealth, their neighbors resented them, despondency and apathy threatened their future. The task of the writer of Chronicles was to encourage them by reminding them of their royal ancestors and their link to the great God of Israel. It's not just names that you're reading, you understand? It is the, that author that is trying to get people out of their current apathy and, and the way that they're feeling because of the world that's coming at them. He says, man, I'm reading some names here, but i got to find something to inspire these people. They were struggling to maintain their faith, their identity, and their way of life. The social and political forces of their day threatened to absorb them completely as a people. They had to understand who they were. And more importantly, they had to understand who their God was. So the scribe begins his very meticulous and accurate recording of the families of the tribe of Judah. Just names engraved on a headstone in some long forgotten cemetery. But then he discovers just one man by the name of Jabez and it seemingly explodes off the pages of monotony. This is a story that is so much needed in the current social environment of the present day. Hello. Verse number 9, it tells us, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. An honorable person is someone who believes in truth and doing the right thing. A person who others esteem as having a high moral character. Hello, Madonna. In case you didn't see the little clip of the Grammy song called Unholy. How many of you, how many of you saw that? How many of you, oh, it will literally blow 
your mind. That's what the world. But he, the right off the bat, it says he was more honorable. Listen, young people, if there's one thing that you can focus on in life that will never disappoint you, nor disappoint your God, nor disappoint your family, nor disappoint mom and dad, is that you focus on being more honorable, not being more rich, not being more famous, not being more fast on the track, but being more honorable. There are a few relatives mentioned in chapter 4 concerning their occupations. Now, we don't really know. We don't really know if who Jabe, Jabez's brothers were. He has no dad mentioned, and that's important because if you read all of the preceding verses of that chapter, a son is always connected to his father. But here's a few relatives. Now, now I read you, he was more honorable. Here's a few of his relatives mentioned in chapter 4 concerning their occupations. Verse 14, Oprah and Joab were craftsmen. Verse number 21, we find the mention of the sons of Shelah who were linen workers. Verses 22 and 23 records Jochem and Josh who worked for the king as potters and gardeners. That's good. Whatever occupation God has placed and given you the skill and the talent to do for his glory, then you need to do it. But you need to remember that's not where you become honorable necessarily. Your honorability is going to come at the altar. Your, your place of character is going to be built by what saith the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So why at the very beginning are we told Jabez was more honorable? To me, there's only one logical answer, his prayer life. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him in pain. One version reads, Jabez, who was a man who got his name because of the pain he caused his mother during birth. Now, that's a given, right? <laughs> Moms, right? That's a given. So, there's got to be something else involved here. There's got to be something else involved here. All right? Now, I want, let's look at this portion of the scripture. It simply says, his name is associated with pain. It means he who causes pain. There is no mention of his connection to his father. That's important. You know why? Because it's important because the inheritance of property was passed on from father to son. Can I get an amen? Also in Bible times, a man and his name were intimately connected. A name was often taken as a prophecy for the child's future. In example would be Ichabod. I don't have to explain that, do I? 
Ichabod. Right? Hands go up. Do you know who Ichabod is? Yeah. It was a, a name sometimes was given, it was, it was given as a prophecy for the child's future. In other words, the parents were giving them a name that they were expecting great things in their future. Although Ichabod, we know, he was born the day the ark of the Lord was taken captive by the Philistines. And upon hearing the ark had been taken by the enemy, Phineas' wife goes into premature labor. And as she lays dying on the delivery table, she names her newborn son Ichabod, which means the glory of the Lord has departed. There are the, the names given in biblical times were important. They were a... They, they were a means of calling our attention to the present condition that was occurring at the time. Or Benoni, the son of Rachel, who dies giving birth. Before she passes, she names her newborn based on her pain. Benoni, which means son of sorrow. Thankful that his daddy changed that. But you see... God doesn't always change your name. Sometimes pain comes in order to get you and me to a place of greatness in our walk with God. His mother called his name Jabe. Why? Because I bear him in sorrow? Because of the pain he caused? Well, probably not. We know Genesis talks about that, but there's no mention of his father. I wonder if the mother was left with no provider husband. She is in trouble. Did her husband die? Did he run away? Was she thinking, oh great, now I'm going to have to somehow raise this kid on my own until he gets old enough to become the family provider? I don't know. Or number two, as uh, some rabbis say, they think that he was born with a disability. The only sure thing we know is Jabez has the burden of carrying his given name, which simply means he causes pain. I wonder if he was born with a disability. And if so, I wonder what it was. Oh, listen, I... I, I experienced something very printed in my memory when I was a young kid. I don't know how old I was, probably about six, I suppose. And my younger brother is disabled, and uh, he was probably about three, and he couldn't walk yet. He was mentally, he had a disability, and it was affecting his ability to walk, and for whatever reason, I was chosen with my mom. We were on welfare. We rode a train to Salem, and there we left my brother at a hospital. And I can tell you that I still remember what I saw and what I heard as we walked out the door, and there was my younger brother with a disability that was crying Mama, please don't leave me. That's pain. We don't know 
we are left to somewhat fill in the blanks. But there are two main reasons people change. One, pain. When people hurt enough, we tend to focus on what's hurt, what hurts until it gets better. Like stubbing your toe. Don't tell me that when you stub that big toe that your focus doesn't go on the toe. Or if you hit your crazy bone. Don't tell me your focus is going to go on, you know, on your ear. Now, you understand? Pain sometimes is a motivator for change. One author by the name of Mark Batterson, he writes this. He says, your spiritual tipping point is when the pain of staying the same becomes greater than the pain of change. Whatever Jabez's pain was, it hurt deeply, and it was something he carried with him, like Paul's thorn in the flesh, whatever that was. I wonder, because Paul prayed three times, he said, Lord, take this away from me. Jesus answered back, he says, Paul, he says, don't bug me the fourth time. He says, I'm telling you, my grace is sufficient. I wonder if he would have became the great writer that he became if it wasn't for the thorn in his flesh. I wonder if it, that thorn didn't drive him to a place of greatness in his walk with God. Otherwise, without it, he would not have been the same man. I believe Jabez's pain, his pain served as his motivation to prayer. He was tired. He was hurt. He was down. He needed to move forward. He had arrived at his fourth and ten, if you will. Okay. I want you, nothing else today. I want you to, I, I want this to be a par imprinted in your brain when you leave here. I want you to know that every time you get down, every time that you are faced with a crisis, every time that you can't move forward, every time that it hurts so bad that you feel like that everybody has forsaken you, I want you to remember this. Fourth and ten. First Chronicles. Four and ten. And it is a guarantee that you will, that if you will seek God with all of your heart, that he will move you into a forward progress. He will not leave you. Jabez called on the God of Israel. Notice it does not say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but the God of Israel. Could it be that Jabez was reflecting on how Jacob refused to give up until God blessed him. Jacob got to a fourth and ten. Could it be that Jabez was reflecting on that? The God of Israel. Because he knew 
that that was going to take him back to a place where Jacob, the supplanter, the deceiver, God blessed him, changed his name. See, it's his connection to hope and help through prayer. This is his strength. I don't believe his answer came about on his first try. He had reached his limit on his own. He was worn out by the opposition. He did not to win. He did not want to live down to his given name. He was tired of being looked at as the man who causes pain. I don't know about you. But I'm afraid I had that title attached to me in my early years. Because I didn't. I sure didn't bring a blessing to my parents. And here we go. Listen to this. Number one, oh, listen. Fourth and ten, fourth and ten. You're 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 in a pit. You're in a bad place. You hurt all over. First thing you got to do is you got to call upon the God whose name is Jesus. He didn't know that name. Here we go. Listen to this. He said, oh, Lord. He says that you would bless me indeed. Comma. He's not done. In Hebrew, adding indeed to this prayer, listen carefully, is like adding five exclamations exclamation points, or writing the request in capital letters and underlying it. You ever been there? Sister Reyes, you ever been there? You ever been there, Sister Carrie? You ever been there? Where? No. No, you don't understand God. I don't need you just to, to put a happy dance in me, a Holy Ghost dance in me. Is that I, I am putting a little extra into this thing. I want you to know that I am counting on you because I am in a place of pain. I am in a place, I am in that pit that Joseph was in. I can't move forward. I'm at fourth down. I need to go forward. And the only way that it's going to happen is if you hear me and if you bless me, God. And it's not a quiet conversation I don't think that he's having right now. I don't know. Maybe you've never gotten there. I've raised my voice a couple of times when I prayed. I know you're not supposed to do that, right? Why not? And I'm not saying disrespectful way. I'm saying, really? What, are you not human? I know some of your you never raise your voice at your kids or your wives or your husbands, but just kidding. An Old Testament blessing includes land inheritance that would normally be handed down from one's father. There's no mention of father there. 
He was in a place, remember, he is in the time of the judges. They have dispensed property. We don't know. All we do know is that he was in a place where he felt like he had been left out. He felt like that he was in a place, he was watching everybody else getting blessed, and he said, God, he says, you, 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 do you know me? Not only that, but the, that Old Testament blessing covenant, it would also, it would also, get this, it would also make you a blessing to others. Did he not say that? Was that not part of Abraham? Says Abraham, those bless you, you're going you're to be a blessing. You understand? But I can't be a blessing to others until God blesses me. You cannot give what you do not have. I want to be a blessing to others. I'm tired of living down to my name. What they call, listen carefully, mother syndrome. Know what that means? She gave her son a name. You're going to be nothing, but you, you just, you started out causing pain. You're going to be a, you're going to be a, a pain in my, for the rest of your life. You fill in the blank. So don't, listen. I'm t- I was tired, Brother Larry, of being a pain to those around me when I didn't have God. I was tired of being a pain to those in authority. I was tired of being, I wanted to be, I wanted to be a blessing. You understand? But I can't, you can't be a blessing until you receive the blesser. The blessing from the blesser. But don't, listen, don't allow your family to put a lid on your desire for to do something for God. Don't allow mom and dad to put a lid on it. I say that cautiously and carefully. I, I can talk to Finn. Finn, do not, okay, do not allow mom and dad to put a lid on your desire to work for God. There. Done. Yeah, oh, come on. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. We want our kids to be successful. We want them to be, you know, to be good at school. We want them to get the good grades. We want them to get the good job so that they can support grandma and grandpa when they get old. We, we want them to do this and we want them to do How about that? How about that you want them to be great in their walk with God? How about that you want them to be able to pray and have the heavens open up? Don't let your mother syndrome haunt you for the rest of your life. Listen to this. I got to go. I got to go. I know Dr. Henry Cloud writes this. Love and healing must first have taken place inside people's souls. Or they may be in danger of treating others not in the way they themselves want to be treated, but in the way they have been treated. 
they repeat the abuse that they have been subject to in their own experience. Did you get that? Jabez could have been satisfied with God's blessing. You know, a little dancer, you know. But there's a comma here, not a period. He's not done. He's not done. He says, and while you're at it, Lord, he says, I want you to enlarge my coast. Whoa. Who do you think you are, son? I bless you. Isn't that good? No, 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 no. I want you to add. I want you, I want you to open doors of opportunity. I want you to open the, the put no limits on it, God. I want you to enlarge my coast. I could tell you stories about how that has transpired in my life. In other words, I want, I want you to help me get out of this pit. I want, I, I want to move forward. I'm tired of others telling me I can't do this. I'm tired of people telling me I can't do this. I'm tired of people telling me that I could. You, you've heard me repeat it before. You'll never put up a sanctuary. You can't do that. Nobody, nobody does that. Who do you think you are? Well, all I know is that if I do it right and if, I, if he allows me to do it, then I will make sure that he gets the glory. You know why? Because people look at me and they say, well, it must be a God thing because there's not much there. Oh, come on. Enlarge my coast. God, take me. Take me. Take me from being the best lot lizard on in the Tri-Cities. That means you're, you'll wash cars indeed. But God, enlarge my coast. Okay, well, how about I put you in a brand new Mercedes-Benz? People look at me, they say, well, I know that must be God thing because that sure ain't your thing. You know what I'm saying? Is, is it? Yeah, in fact, there is. Did you hear? I found this on the web. <laughs> oh, you got to be careful of those things, don't you? Oh, Jesus, help us, Lord. I want to grow spiritually. I like my occupation, but in order to inspire others, I need to move forward in my walk with God. Mm. Hello? <laughs> you understand? I really, the, I just, I really do, I want to inspire you to be Something so magnificent in your walk with God. That when they come to take you away, you can call fire out of heaven and consume them. Just kidding. But Jabez isn't done yet. 
No period, just a comma. He pauses, he takes a deep breath, and decides he's all in now, no stopping. He is in what we call the flow, only this man is in the prayer flow. And he says, oh, and by the way, God, you bless me, I want you to enlarge my coat. He said, and by the way, I want to make sure that your hand is with me in everything that I do. The hand of God is a biblical term for God's power and presence in the lives of his people. Acts eleven twenty one. speaking of the early church. And the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. How many of you want the hand of the Lord with you today? Psalm 8, 3, he says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, how many of you want the hand of God involved in your life today? Isaiah 49, 16, Can a woman forget her nursing child that she does not have compassion on the son of her womb? She may forget, but I won't forget you. You know why? Because I have engraved you upon the palms of my hands. I didn't write it. I'm just inspired by it. No, really? Well, yeah, you know, you're right next to the nail print. Oh, wait a minute. Comma. He's not done yet. He's pausing. Oh, and by the way, Lord, keep me from evil so that it does not hurt me. You can be blessed of God. You can be greatly used of God. But you better, you can have the hand of God working alongside you, but you better make sure that in addition to that, you part of your prayer, part of, part of your deal may, should be, Lord, keep me from evil. You know why? Because sin hurts. Hello? Some versions translate a little, keep me from all evil and disaster. Don't let success go to your head. Listen to this. Jabez finishes his prayer with an exclamation point. Now he's done. No more commas, pauses, nothing left to ask. Jabez has left nothing on the table. In the process of translating the scriptures, an exclamation Exclamation point is added to communicate because there's no breakdown. There's no, there's, the, the words are all jumbled together in the original translations. But, but an exclamation point is added to communicate excitement, passion, or urgency. Boom! Now I'm done, God. Just want to let you know. Wow. No holding back. He's fully engaged, you might say, emotionally. He's in. It's all. It's all in. 
Fourth and ten. He got nowhere to go. Oh, you're done. But God ain't done. And God granted his request. Period. Let God put the finishing touch on it. Period. Now we're done, son. Now we're done. I heard you. It's a done deal. In British English, a period means full stop. We know prayer, right? James 5.16, the earnest prayer of a righteous man has great power and wonderful results. Fourth and ten. A moment pregnant with possibility. Fourth and ten. One of where we are at in the eyes of God today is church. On the time clock. First down. Second and five. Third and seven. I think he wants us to get. And our walk with God. I think he wants us to get. To a fourth and ten. Because that's when there's no more holding back, Brother Jay. That's when it's all. It's everything. It's all in. We're all in. It's now or never. Either either I'm either I either I'm gonna move forward or I'm done. As you stand with us today. Every time, listen, I don't know what you're going through. Maybe you're, hey, maybe you're on a, maybe you are in a first and ten status every day of the week, you know? It's, it's cool, right? Brother Javon, yeah, you're young and fast and all that kind of stuff. You're probably first and ten all the time. Every time I wait, oh, yeah, it's first down. Lunchtime, oh, yeah, another first down. Dinner, oh, yeah. First and ten, baby. Boom, moving right on downfield. Or maybe some of us are, hmm, second. And then, man, second and nine, huh? right? Huh. Oh, boy, third and eight. Oh, but there's nothing like a fourth and ten call. But you know what? You got to be able, you got to fill the moment. You got to fill the environment. You got to feel what's going on around you. And I'm, listen, my concern as pastor, sometimes, all the time, most of the time, is that we're not aware. No matter how many crazy things are going on around us, we're still, we're not aware. We're not in the moment. We're not in the urgency. We're not in, we don't feel it yet. 
We got it. Sister Vicki, got to feel it. I got, you you got to feel that fourth and ten before you really get bold enough and you get, you're ready to kick some doors down. You understand spiritually? But if you're here today, I want for you, listen, anytime you get, get into a pickle, all right? Anytime you get into rough, hey, fourth and ten, baby, I got this. Fourth and ten. Try it. That's no brainer. Fourth and ten. I'm moving forward. You know why? Because I'm going to go to that first Chronicles chapter four, verse ten, and there's my play. That's my play. I'm going to call on the name of God with everything I've got. I'm going to say, Lord, I need you to touch me. And I need you to move me out of this thing. And I want to make sure that you're in it. And I want to make sure, God, that once you move me out of this situation, I want you to know I need you to keep me pure. What a prayer. What a biography. 50 cotton-picking words sums up his whole life. Wow. What do you want to be, what do you want to be known for? What are they going to say about you? Well, Mason, he was a really fine chess player, I'm telling you. And he sure dressed good, man. Looking sharp. You want, God. You know what I want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for my walk with God. That's all. That's it. And I want to be known as somebody that because of what God done for me, I can pass that blessing on to somebody else and inspire them to help them to understand that God, if you, as long as you're alive, God's not done. As long as you breathe, God's not done. We're going to open the altar here today, and I just, uh, I wonder if there's any, I wonder if there's any bold, if there's any bold people out there today. I want, or, I wonder if there's any people that are hurting today. You're hurting. And you're, you, you need God to move you forward. There is no back. You understand? There is no Whatever it is you need, I believe that the Lord will minister to that need here today. If you will come right down here to the front. We will pray with you. We will pray for you. We will pray that the Lord will intervene. And minister to whatever need it is that you have today. Young people, I challenge you to come down. I challenge all of you to come down. You are, listen, who knows what God still has in store for you? <laughs> who knows? Don't put a limit on him. Don't put a limit on it. Don't put the lid on there. 
you cap that thing off there, you take that lid off there and say, God, I'm open. I want you to, I want you to have free reign. I want you to do whatever it is that you can do. Use me, Lord, according to your divine will and purpose, Lord. Come on, that's it. Come on, let's lift it. Let's lift our hearts to him. Let's lift our hearts to him. Hallelujah. If you feel led to pray for somebody this morning, please do. Don't be offensive, but uh, pray for them. Lift one another up. There you go. Come on. Come on. Jesus. 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 We love you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh, sing it, Brother Brian. Sing it. Yes, come on. Come on. Do you thirst for Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whatever it is, Father. Touch us with prayer. Touch us with prayer, Lord. I just would pray, God. Hallelujah. Have I come to the end of myself? Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus. Jesus is calling. Hallelujah. Oh, come. come to the altar. Yes, yes, yes. Bless my brother Lord. Bless my brother God. Bless my brother Lord. Bless my brother Lord. Bless my brother Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you, Jesus. 
take a moment here and just wait on him for a moment lift our hearts to him hallelujah 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 